Hello, product innovators. Today we learn from the online marketer of the original fidget spinner on how to sell your new physical product directly to consumers online. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back everyone. Today I'm very excited to introduce Jake Schmidt to the show. Jake has sold over $500 million in products online for customers. He is the CEO of Structured Agency, a digital marketing firm that specializes in performance marketing for hardware brands direct to consumer. In his early years, he was the online sales guy behind the fidget spinner, which they ended up leveraging to get into major retailers like Best Buy. Today, Jake is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can understand the different strategies to market online, what platforms are most successful, and how that is changing, and how to spin up simple at-home ads that convert into real customers for your new physical product. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Jake. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to have you on today to talk about selling online using paid advertising and a holistic system of content curation, push-pull strategies, and all the rest that go in behind this. This is really an important topic because a lot of people that are looking to sell product this day and age consider the option of selling direct to consumer. How do you produce a product and then cut out all the middlemen and sell directly to that end, end consumer and captivate, obviously, that margin in between. So I appreciate you coming on the show. First and foremost, why don't you give us a bit of a background on how you got to the role that you're in today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, Kevin, I have lots of experience with uh, selling things online. I think I've sold probably over $500 million of products online. So we've sold a lot at the agency that I'm currently running right now. I would love to give a little bit of background and hopefully I can help your listeners out in any way possible. First, my background, I started selling products. So I understand the product design. I understand what it takes to go from idea to concept to actual real life product, and then eventually selling it to your end consumer. So I can speak to all those different points, but first back to where I started. I started my first project that I ever created. It was a survival watch. So it was a paracord strap watch and it had its a custom designed face. And then at the end of the paracord, it had a flint and striker. So it was a fire starter. So if you're trapped in the woods, you could unravel the cords and you could use the paracord to tie up logs or make shelter. And then eventually you could start a fire. So I created a video for that and I, I had posted it on Kickstarter and it did relatively well. We ended up, I think, generating about fifteen dollars to $20,000 in, in the 30-day time period. And our target was about five. But then and all of a sudden, out of the blue, it got shut down. Just like any entrepreneurs, you're all excited and you're you're hopeful for the future. And then something comes out of nowhere and it completely shuts down your dreams. But I didn't let that discourage me. Um, I continued to learn and, and just be curious. And I think that's a really, really important factor for people is just being curious about all these different things. Even if you don't know about marketing, say right now, just be curious and, and things come to you. I started selling more things online and I was just very curious about how the internet works. I like to call myself like an internet kid. I grew up on the internet, I played video games. I was uh, obsessed with anything that had to do with the internet. And uh, I learned how to navigate the internet. And I eventually realized that people were making money online. 
and they were doing it through advertising. So that's really what caught my attention. From there, I landed on the fidget spinner and I can go into that story more, but for time's sake, I think I'll, I'll pass that up. And if you want to learn more, you can go to my Twitter. I am Jake Schmidt and I have a whole entire thread on how that story happened. Because you were the original guy selling the original fidget spinner, right? Exactly. Yes. I am the person who originally started the fidget spinner. I commercialized the fidget spinner. I did not actually make all the money from the fidget spinner sales because we had so many different copycats, but uh, we did pretty well. We ended up getting the fidget spinner in Best Buy, Target, Brookstone. And we also had our direct consumer presence that did great. From there, that fad went up as quickly as it went down. And I realized, I asked myself, my partner, I was like, what are the things that we really love? We love making products, coming up with ideas, but we didn't necessarily like dealing with the supply chains. We didn't really like doing the design ourselves. Uh, we just like coming up with ideas. But what really got us excited was the marketing piece and the marketing, the idea of putting this product, this new invention in someone's hands. Like that's something that we really got excited about because we could just constantly learn and the environment was ever changing. And there's just so many things for us to, to learn and do. And we were actually pretty good at it. And we had a reputation with making the fidget spinner as popular as it was. And also it was like, what is something that we could be the top 1% of the world at? And we thought that we could do that with marketing. So that eventually led us to starting a marketing agency called Structured.Agency. That's the website, Structured.Agency. And what we're focused on is we're focused on performance marketing. And a lot of different agencies out there, I know whenever I was starting out and launching these new products, I thought it's like, oh yeah, you just hired any agency and they're going to be the person that goes and they drive you sales. Reality, that's not the case. You need to be focused on a very specific type of agency. An agency, and most of them are called like performance marketing agencies. Performance marketing agencies are people that are focused on driving revenue for your brand. So you put a dollar in, you get $3 out or whatever your target might be. That's the crucial piece in starting your business. You can start a product, but if you don't have that you or person that's able to drive those results and really drive that revenue, it's going to be really, really hard for you to get any traction. Then again, this is only one way of doing it. You have performance marketing through digital channels, which you have Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Pinterest ads, Google ads, TikTok ads, all sorts of different ads. That a lot of the times is like, that's the engine. That's the, that's the fire that you have burning. Uh, that's continuing to drive more customers, new customers into your ecosystem. Then you also have other support pieces like retention marketing. So you have email marketing, SMS marketing. Those are in place to do two things. One, it's help convert the customers that you're driving through these paid acquisition channels and make sure that you have a higher ROI and you're getting a higher ROI out of the ad dollars that you're spending. And then two, it's also so that you can continue to build this life cycle for your customer. So say you have one product right now. Uh, in order to really maximize that customer, because advertising costs are getting more and more expensive, you need to be very clear on what is the next product in this customer's life cycle that they're going to buy from me? Or do I even have another product? So it's so important. And I can go into a couple of reasons on why I decided I also have a jewelry brand right now and why I decided to start a jewelry brand after a lot of the lessons that I learned from starting the fidget spinner. The big reason was because the fidget spinner, I had one product. I didn't have a clear vision on what it was going to take to launch that next product and continue to get more out of my customers and really build the brand around it. So there's only one product there and you can only advertise so much until that product dies out, unless it's it's a very unique product and you have patents and uh, stuff to protect it so no one else can sell it. That's a big problem. So 
focusing in on a category that it could easily build multiple products without having to go through intensive R&D and, and all these different things was really important for me so that I could continue to advertise more and more and I could continue to sell more products to the customers that I had already acquired, which then leads to the next point is like initially figuring out how can you actually acquire these customers right now? So in the agency for what we're, we're running, it's about a year and a half ago, 95% of all spend was going on Facebook ads. Facebook ads was so incredibly powerful. It was unbelievably powerful. Really? What that 95%. Wow. 95%. It was, it was unbelievable. There's, I can't even count on both my hands, how many hundred million dollar year businesses were started purely on the back of Facebook ads. So it was extremely, extremely, it was almost like a cheat code to what you're doing. Unfortunately, things are not as they used to be, but fortunately, there still are a lot of ways to kind of cut through the noise and gain the traction and start a really, really massive business. And I think your audience that's listening to this is in an incredible position because initially, I'd say two, three years ago, like the head hire or the most valuable person in your business, your startup was the head of growth. Now, I don't think it's the head of growth anymore. I think it's the head of product because the way that I look at this is the head of product is the person that's supplying the ammunition to you as the head of growth to go and, and find the places that you're trying to acquire. That's really, really important. And if, if everyone here is a credible product designer, they have all these ideas, unique ideas, they're set up to be successful because Facebook likes unique content. They like to focus on things that have that satisfying or, oh, wow, look at this. This is so crazy that people have never seen before. And they're going to reward you with cheaper traffic as well as TikTok. So when I look at TikTok right now, when I started the fidget spinner, that channel is very similar to how Instagram was back in 2016, whenever the fidget spinner had started or whenever that was just unlimited amounts of free traffic. So if I were in a position of some of the listeners here that might have this new gadget that they had created and Kevin, they've used you to design the product and now they're ready. They have the manufacturing, they've got the, the inventory in hand to start shipping. If I were in this situation, I'd be focused on creating as much content as I possibly can on TikTok right now because it's an underpriced channel. The reason what I mean by underpriced is on Facebook, on Instagram, if you post something there, the reach that you're actually able to get, the free reach that you're able to get is going to be so low. So say you have 150,000 followers, you might actually only get a thousand people viewing your post. On the other hand, TikTok still has all of this reach left because they're still in the infancy. They're still trying to build this network effect. They want to get people to stay excited about being on the platform and stay excited about promoting content and then rewarding that with views, likes, and comments. So if I were in this situation, I'd just be creating a lot of content for TikTok. And then eventually, once you start gaining some traction, because I'm very confident you can build your business to say $20,000, dollars $70,000 a year just on you posting content. If you have one video that goes viral, I would say you need to make sure that it's, it's always the 80-20 rule. You're going to do 20 videos, or you're going to do 10 videos, and two of those videos are going to be the ones that make up all the rest of the results. So keep that in mind. It is, it's all about the consistency. But eventually, once you build a little bit of traction there and you get some sales, you then can just repurpose that content. So you can go and you can take that content, you can post it on Facebook, Instagram, and you can start running ads to it. And that's the most sure way of 
finding success on these ad networks or these ad platforms is finding an already proven ad that's converting people and then going and running that on Facebook or Instagram or even TikTok ads because you know it's already there because you're just amplifying that reach. So that's super, super valuable. I can go into the nitty gritty, but I think I'll keep it kind of high level right now because I think it's probably very, very valuable for most people to take action on this. One of the big things that uh, really strikes a chord there is how you mentioned unique gets bigger amplification, even on the advertising platform side of things. And of course, as an inventor or a hardware startup or a hardware scale up, you've got a unique product. That's why you're in the game. You've created yes. something that in one way or another, either it's an other underserviced part of the market, you're capturing it, or you've created some unique element, even a slight twist or a slight modification. And yep. you're using that to then leverage these social media platforms to, to go viral. We actually just had a client uh, called KickFix. It's this basically laundry hamper that slips under the bed. We designed and built this thing for them and got them into production. And the way that they decided to try and get some just early stage traction, just interest, was to just start posting some videos on TikTok. They hit like 20 million views within their first month. It was astronomical. Our website started getting all kinds of traffic just from that as its own independent silo, just because there were so many people looking at this and saying, oh, that's cool. And trying to learn more about it. So obviously that just opened the doors up to all kinds of different opportunities for them as well down the road, right? Which we'll see what materializes from that. But it's just incredible to see the power of a platform like that. And of course, not everyone's going to hit in a viral nature. But if you're consistent and reliable and you're posting unique content, which of course you should be, because if, you're, if you've got a product that is unique, inevitably you're posting unique content via that product. So that gives yep. you that early start, which could then open up the doors. And I think that's particularly powerful to startups, especially if somebody hasn't yet started selling and you're considering your different options to actually get your product into market. This is a big channel, one of many potential channels you can go after, but this is a very powerful one that has all sorts of different elements built into it. Yeah, no, absolutely, Kevin. It's so incredibly valuable finding these underpriced channels. And that's a philosophy that I like to follow whenever I'm trying to launch products is where can I find the cheapest traffic? Where can I find the most underpriced traffic? Because that's where the opportunity is. And that's where the really, really big businesses are made. The ones that find that underpriced channel and then lean into it so heavily that as soon as everyone in the rest of the world starts to catch up a little bit, they are the person that's already received all those rewards. So that's what I like to look at. And a story, it's, it won't be too long, but it'll go back to just kind of reinstating, like having a new, unique product is so, so important. Is I had a, and early in the agency days, we had a client, it's called Bessie Footwear. They had launched on Kickstarter. They had done really, really well. And we had launched them and we were the agency in charge of basically helping them go to direct consumer. And we did, and we had tremendous success. It was one of probably the best case studies that we had well into eight figures plus in revenue that they had generated. And the reason why that they were so effective was because they had a unique product. It was a waterproof shoe. And as soon as you posted a video and it was like, oh, I'm pouring water on my shoe. Uh, this kind of goes into the biology of an ad that actually converts is in these ads that you're creating and when you're creating this content on TikTok or other channels, you want to make sure that you are showing the value prop within like two seconds, within one second. So a product that you can immediately show what's the before and then what's the after in that video while it's happening, if you can demonstrate that. So in this case right now, it's I have a shoe on and I'm pouring water on it and then the water beads away and my shoe's not wet. That's showing what that value prop is. 
And that's super effective for Facebook ads and TikTok ads and all these different things because people immediately know why I'm buying this product. And again, no one else really had a product like this and it was hard for them to compete because of all the R&D and everything that they had done to build it. But again, I know... Um, I don't want to go too much more into the story and go and give more actual insight. It just reaffirms that it's so important for people to have unique products and then continue to post that content. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the director of product you feel is the most important person in the business. And to me, that comes down to a great product and something that we also really like to double down on, especially for a hardware startup, is a quality product. But like you mentioned, the value prop should be explained within, as you say, the first two seconds, meaning that... Your product should be simple. We've talked about MVP, minimum viable product on the show, keeping really core to your your primary feature, benefit, whatever else, without adding too many bells and whistles because it's unnecessary. And you're saying it the same way. I think about it from a design side. Obviously, the simpler the product, the easier it is to design, engineer, prototype, goes to production, less warranty defects, easier to produce, cheaper tooling cost, you name it, right? There's a whole bunch of benefits on the development side but you're saying the same thing as well on the sales side. If you keep your message simple, you keep your product simple, but high quality, target Absolutely. that one feature within seconds, that is what is converting very, very quickly on social media channels today. Absolutely. I mean, what's the famous saying? Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, it really is. It's, it's so true. And I see it time and time again. And I've gotten really good at predicting what products work and, and don't work. And that's one of the core criteria that I'm looking at is like, can you tell me what is the customer buying in two seconds of this video? What is it? What is the end result that they're buying? They're buying dry feet. They're not buying a shoe. And if you can show whatever that is, and you can do this exercise yourself to figure out what is it that I'm actually selling? What is the end result that I'm selling in this product? I think it's going to help tremendously. But yeah, so now once you have all this traffic from this organic content that you're posting, and then you're running ads on Facebook and, and TikTok, the next thing is the way that I like to look at marketing is you have your push marketing, and then you have your pull marketing. So the push marketing, that's like the awareness generation. That's like if I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see an ad, I see all these different ads, they're being pushed into my visibility, then you have the pull marketing. They're trying to grab me. They're trying to get my attention to actually go and take action on this ad. And that's the reason why having great creative and having creative that shows that product and what the actual value that they're going to be getting from that product within the first two seconds is so important because social media is a noisy world or online, it's very noisy. So that's the first type. And then from there, this is always going to be more expensive traffic because they have no idea what the product is. They don't understand what it does. Uh, you're having to convince them on why to use your product. On the other hand, then you have, this is sometimes called like bottom of the funnel traffic. I look at it as pool marketing. So once you've already gained their attention or you have someone that's going and searching on Google, it's like, I want to buy a fire pit or I want to buy waterproof shoes or I want to buy baby clothes, whatever it might be. And ads going and it, they're being pulled in because they've already searched for it. So those are the two different types that I like to look at. It's so important to understand that when you're first starting, and if you're creating a product that's brand new, say a product that you create is it's a fireplace and there's nothing like this fireplace in the world, someone might be searching a fireplace that I can put on my deck. And I live in New York City. Like what type of fireplace can I put on my deck? That's there. And if you have Google ads set up and Google shopping, that immediately is going to pop up. And I think just by having that uniqueness and having something that no one else has, it really, really gives you an edge over everyone else that's just selling this generic, non-branded product that comes from China. 
or Alibaba or AliExpress or something like that. That's just not unique in any way. You have a major, major edge over everyone else. And I find it doesn't even have to be a major differentiator. If you can improve the some other product by 5%, but then focus the verbiage and the visualizations of your ad on that 5% difference that you've created over some other competing yep. product or something they're already using and they're looking for yep. an alternative. I mean, it's a huge world. So yep. people are searching all kinds of crazy things on Google as well, right? So you've got to, the more that you could be very specific with the pain point that you're solving, the higher the conversion rate for those people who actually are searching for that rare and unique pain point that you're solving with that 5% difference, you're yep. the ad that pops up you solve that problem, well, bam, it's going to be a relatively cheap click because not many people are trying to compete for that. Pepsi mm -hmm. isn't competing for that ad, right? It's probably yep. you and a handful of other people, maybe nobody else. Maybe you're the only one who's truly competing for that very long set of very unique keywords. And that can yep. get you some really early wins for some early purchases without putting a ton of money into ad spend, right? And like you said at the very beginning yep. of this, it all comes down to return on ad spend. If you put a dollar yep. into ads, do you get $3 in revenue out? And is that enough to float your business? And as you're starting to try these different ad channels, you're going to start to learn what's working, what's not working, and then be able to push on those levers more and more to start scaling up uh, in various verticals mm -hmm. as you continue at the same time to experiment try new ads and other things. Something I'd like to mention as well, and I'll come back to that TikTok video as well. It wasn't a high quality video production company that put it together. It was themselves filming the product and how it works. And it was very authentic. You could feel raw. So we're at this really unique point, I think, in digital advertising. I think a tremendous opportunity to right now, which I, I don't know if it will last forever, where the market demands that authenticity, which is fantastic because it's actually the cheapest way to build a video. If you've got your prototype, film it at home, give your authentic reaction, show your authentic self as the inventor, the person who's created this thing, the passion you've put into it, the time, the money, the ideas, the development, all that sort of stuff. And people love that. So why not use this time in history where a relatively cheap home shot video is actually considered gold standard to take that by the reins? And of course, as you scale, you can get more professional, put more money into the things that are working um, to really try and amplify that. But as a starting point, this can be done relatively inexpensive, at least in the beginning. Yep. No, I, I agree. There's so many times where I go into people's ad accounts and I see it's like, can you believe this video, this video that you guys shot? on your iPhone, like this is what's actually working. It's amazing. But if you think about it, it's like, that's what these platforms want. They want the authenticity that you're getting from these content. They want it to look organic to the feed. And that's what captures the potential consumer's attention. That's really what it is. Kevin, so I, I think I want to make sure I give your audience some actionable skills on exactly what I would do if I were in their situation from starting their business from nothing to getting to the point where they have enough free cash flow to go and, and hire experts or go and do whatever they need to be doing. And so what I would do first is first thing is looking at your business and looking at your product and creating content for it. Because everything that I'm about to explain is it's focused on having good content. So have a ton of content, ton of videos that you're just making your iPhone and and then from there, you have that ammunition, you have that content to start posting on these different channels. Next thing is a really, really valuable place for underpriced traffic is going to coupon sites 
and listing your product and giving a little bit of a discount and having them write different things. And a one that I used to use in the, in the past was called ShareASale. Uh, so if you sign up for ShareASale.com, they can connect you with these people, these affiliates that can start to sell your product. And if you have a really unique product, you might get some publications writing about you that have the affiliate links, like Gear Junkie, maybe as one of them. Um, there are a couple of them out there that are focused on the product design and you will get some traffic there. Once you start getting some traffic from there, I truly believe you can build your business from so the two things, one posting on TikTok and then having these coupon sites focused and working with you. I think that you could get to 50 to $100,000 a month in revenue on your product. Assuming you have the right product that's actually going to get product market fit that people really want and that you need. I think you can get to 50 to 100K. Once you do that, you'll have enough free cash flow. In that situation, I would expect you have between 25 to $40,000 a month in profits that you can then deploy in different channels. And if you're wanting to continue to grow, then that's whenever I would focus on going in and launching these different campaigns on these advertising channels. So I would start Start with Facebook first. Facebook is still the most effective. It's not effective as effective as it used to be. When I say Facebook, I mean Facebook and Instagram, because whenever you log into the Facebook ad platform, they own Instagram. So you're advertising on Facebook and Instagram. So I would run ads on Facebook and Instagram first. You can repurpose your content that you're posting on TikTok for all that organic reach. And that content seems to work very, very well. And then that's going to allow you to continue to start spending more on the budgets. While you're spending more on these different channels, it's very important that you then set up Google ads because Google ads is, is going to be like the bottom of the funnel. So the way that I look at traffic is you have top of the funnel, you have middle of the funnel, and then you have bottom of the funnel. Top of the funnel, that's that awareness. That's that new people don't ever, they've never seen your brand before. They've never seen your product before. You got to get them interested. From there, then you have the middle of the funnel, which they've seen your ad before, but maybe they didn't think much of it, or maybe they weren't in the right situation to buy the product, but now they saw another ad you retargeted them with, and they're a little bit more warm. And then finally, a bottom of the funnel. Bottom of the funnel is someone that went to your website, they saw your product, they checked out, they just didn't actually enter their credit card information. So that's going to be the warmest amount of traffic. And Google is really, really good at that middle, middle to bottom of the funnel. And Facebook and, and TikTok and Snapchat, those are really good channels for focusing in on that top of the funnel traffic. That's what I would focus on. And I, I would not start advertising on Facebook or Instagram or any of these top of funnel channels until you're doing about $25,000 a month in revenue, because you're just going to have to spend too much money. This is assuming that you're bootstrapped and you're not going to invest a ton of money into ad spend. I think there's ways that you can focus in on, on getting that 25, that first 25 to $30,000 a month in revenue through coupon sites, as well as just posting organic content. And then as well as the first channel that I would launch is Google ads. I would launch Google ads. I would launch Google shopping campaigns. I would set up a performance max campaign. That's Google's new new substitute to shopping. And it's very, very effective. There's tons of YouTube videos that can teach you about how to set that up. So yeah, that's what I would be focusing on first. And to recap again, content creation, post on TikTok, get that organic reach from there share a sale or other coupon sites, do deals, offer a coupon to get that free traffic. And then in exchange, give them a commission of some sort for pushing your product. And then after that, set up Google ads, set up that Google shopping, that performance max campaign, and that'll be effective. Once you get to 25 to 30K a month, then you can really start focusing in and, and start running the Facebook ads, the Instagram ads, et cetera. Jake, that's an incredible high level overview of the start to finish of that. And I really appreciate how you break it down into a way that a startup can get into this space or even an established company 
can get into the space, maybe with a new product or an existing product, but you're new to e-commerce or direct-to-consumer e-commerce marketing. So really appreciate that breakdown. Now, of course, as people are scaling, probably at some point they should reach out to an agency like yours to actually get some assistance with how you do multi-channel advertising, because I know it's no simple thing. Quite a big feat to figure it out and then continue to A-B test, tweak and refine, let alone using best practices throughout that process. So how do people get in touch with you? What would you offer them at, at this point in time to help them get to the next level via your agency? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter. I am Jake Schmidt. That's where I'm most active on Twitter. Also, I have LinkedIn. So just Jake Schmidt, J-A-K-E space Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-D-T on LinkedIn. And then, yeah, my agency is structured.agency. So just structured.agency, no.com or anything like that. And if, yeah, if you reach out, send an email, fill out the form and, and say that you heard me from the podcast and we can give you a free ad account audit or free consultation on what you might need to scale uh, past the next level. Right on. Much appreciated, Jake. And as always, I'll put all the uh, links that uh, Jake just mentioned in the show notes if anybody wants to just click through. Jake, thanks again for all your words of wisdom today. It was great chat and uh, we look forward to talking again. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin, for having me. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.